You're listening to That Church Podcast with Justin Dean and Van Baird. Conversations about digital media and the church. Join our community online at thatchurch.community. Yeah, we've got um, Bo Coffrin is, um, like we said earlier, he is at Life Church uh, in Oklahoma, um, which was probably a really sad town a couple of weeks ago um, once, you know, the Thunder lost. They shouldn't have lost that series, Bo. They just, they shouldn't have lost that series. Um, He didn't like writing bios, but he did a good job writing his. Um, He uh, has, um, if you don't know about Life.Church, they've got over 25 physical locations around the country, seven different states, um, plus the church online platform. Um, you can uh, check out all their stuff. If you just do, like I found out yesterday, if you type in life.church in Facebook, it's going to generate a URL link. Uh, I didn't know that. I think it does it on Twitter too, which is kind of cool. Uh, but Bo, personally, you can find him on lunchboxdad.com. Um, his blog's been featured in some really cool places, um, so I'm a little envious I'll probably have to go repent of that later. Um, but it's been featured on Good Morning America, The Steve Harvey Show, People Magazine, uh, Justin mentioned BuzzFeed, and Forbes.com. And he's written for The Huffington Post. We do have that in common. And Relevant Magazine. So, Bo, welcome. Thanks for being here, man. I think you need to un- unmute, buddy. And we'll oh, no. Un- yeah, do it on right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Am I there we on? go. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Well, we uh, we were you know debriefing right before we started, and right behind your head is this glowing map, um, which I wish you could. I'm sure you wish you could take full credit for what's going on back there. But tell everybody what they're seeing back there because it's really really cool. Yeah, when you see those little pops and flashes, and we just did a, a snap of this uh, this morning on our Snapchat. Uh, I love doing it like every uh, week or two, and just uh, it's real time people opening up our YouVersion Bible app. And so this is on our digital signage around our offices, and it's just really cool to see people engaging with the Bible, um, you know, when a lot when you are, and uh, and it'll change throughout the day. And it's just really cool seeing uh, the different countries that are engaging. Yeah, most of those are probably reading Dave Adamson's Bible in photos. That's probably what they're doing. Yeah, that thing is blowing <laughs> up. Like that's it's awesome because he's sharing the stats behind that, and you don't often get to see that. Like when. Devotion is featured in the app. How many hits and and subscribers that actually gets is pretty interesting to see. Yeah, yeah so that, was, that was an awesome app. I'm in the middle of going through it right now. Uh, his his Bible reading plan and or it, yeah, that was an awesome. I'm glad they featured that. It was really cool. Yeah, so he's near and dear to us, literally and figuratively. We love that guy. So glad y'all gave him a break. He needs it. So, well, listen, Bo, what's a, you know, for everybody at home that's watching or online at work, um, you know, we mentioned the what you do at work, but tell us a little bit about you personally, your family life, and, and what got you to Oklahoma. Yeah, I've been married almost, uh, coming up on 15 years next month, and uh, my wife and I met at Simpson University, a little Christian college in Northern California, and uh, that's uh, kind of where we were for 15 years. We have three kids. And then God called us out to, to Edmond here uh, about four or five months ago. Uh, I moved out um, late January to work for Life Church, and, and it's been awesome. I never had been to Oklahoma before and uh, <laughs> uh, always was on the West Coast, and my wife was born in Washington, and, and 
you know, it was a it was a crazy move, but a total God just made it really clear this is where He wanted us, and and so it's been a really great transition and and a, a really incredible uh, church to work for. That's awesome. So from a social media standpoint, what's your background? And, and you know, so many people in the church kind of get thrown into roles. So how have you honed your craft, and, and how did you get to the point where you know you could be a social media director of arguably, depending on when you all submit your numbers, the largest church in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I've actually – so I, I worked for a couple different churches before this as a youth pastor, and so I've been in ministry for like 15 years. And then uh, I started my Lunchbox Dad uh, – guess about four years ago now and soon after starting the blog I didn't really know a whole lot about social media other than my personal Facebook page and I just grew to love social media and just the engagement that could happen there and just the amazing exchange of ideas and opinions and uh, the Facebook groups I think helped me a lot with mm -hmm. that and just learning and, and being part of the right Facebook groups of where we could talk about social media strategy and and uh, and then I found when I started at at Life Church, uh, you know, I found the Church Communications uh, Facebook group and the Church Social Media Managers one, and, and those have been super helpful as well. Mm -hmm. And I love being in there on a regular basis and just seeing all the wisdom that, that, that goes around and, and all the uh, agreements and sometimes disagreements, but uh, hopefully in a healthy way. And uh, so it's been it's been a it's been a really great journey for me just uh, figuring out um, kind of like I, I really just experimented a lot almost on a grassroots level with my blog about okay let me try this let me try that and I think that really helped me um, come in into life church saying hey this might be something that other people aren't doing but this is something that I found success in on kind of a, a smaller level um, with my own blog and with talking with other bloggers around the country. Yeah, that's, and something I picked up on as you were talking, and it's kind of important, is that you, you just kind of gravitated toward it. And I think a lot of people are just kind of have a bent to you know, learning more and more about the platforms and how to use them. And so we hear a lot in those, some of those groups that you talked about of people that are frustrated because they just don't quite get it or there's other people that don't get it. And is it, do you find, for the most part, I mean, it's really just a matter of if you want to know how to do something, just ask. It's a really uh, open community. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, both in, actually surprisingly, like, not only in the church, but outside the church too, mm -hmm. some of the uh, blogging and social media groups that I'm a part of, it's just people just ask and then other people respond and they're like, hey, this is, this is what I've tried. Why don't you try this? And I think for the most part, it's just a really open community because I think social media moves so fast that it's, you can't do it in a silo and do it well. You, you need other people around you where you can exchange ideas, almost kind of like a think tank, and try things out and experiment. Yeah, for sure, and that's that's where the community happens too. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. I'm glad you fell into it and started blogging and started figuring this thing out because you've been really helpful to the rest of the church now. So, hey, we wanted to get you on today and just talk about a wide array of topics um, when it comes to social media in the church. Um, you know, it's kind of funny when you talk about, hey, we're going to have somebody on to talk about Snapchat. Um, and then you put that, oh, by the way, they're in the church. Everybody goes, they, they can't possibly know. But um, I see that you guys are, are, are on that platform, and your pastor, Greg Rochelle, just got on the platform. Um, I've seen more pictures of his dog lately than I probably <laughs> have ever ever seen. Um, but it's been great. So um, what's what's been y'all's philosophy as far as just that particular platform in the church? And more specifically, did you have a specific strategy for adopting Snapchat? 
I, I think it started with, um, like, I had been on Snapchat for a little while with, with my own personal blog stuff, but it, I was kind of more of a lurker, like, just trying to follow people and see what other people are doing, and then started following some other churches once I started on uh, at Life Church, and it just took a little while for me to be comfortable with it and just kind of see, okay, this, this person's doing this, this church is doing this. How does that uh, transfer to our context here? And I think that's just the thing to remember uh, whenever you're starting anything on social media um, in the church is just like, hey, what's going to work in your context? And you don't have to copy someone else, but maybe you just like get an idea here and there. For us, we really wanted to show a different side of Life Church. Um, there's some uh, social media platforms that we have that are kind of more serious and things like that. But one of our core values is we want to laugh hard, loud, and often. And awesome. uh, and I, we wanted to really uh, have Snapchat kind of be more of a behind-the-scenes, kind of looser sort of thing uh, for us. And so where people can kind of get a glimpse not only at our different um, campuses uh, and what happens on a, on a weekend, but really just in different offices and, and, and around the area, too, and just see, hey, our, our staff has fun together. On Star Wars Day, we did, you know, we, we had a really fun time with that and just taking some snaps around the office of people dressed up. And we just wanted to show a goofy side of us that we, we have fun like everyone else. And um, so it's, it's really been a different experience. We try and get, I try for our campuses, and I know that there's some, some churches out there that are multi-campus. Um, some of them are not, but I think... Uh, for those that are multi-campus, we try and do campus takeovers where we, we will let the different campus pastors uh, take over our Snapchat account. Because we only have, for Snapchat, we only have one global account right now. Mm. And so we'll let a campus pastor or whoever wants to run it for that weekend at that campus take the uh, take charge of the account. That's and cool. so um, they can do it. We let them have a lot of freedom. We, we wrote up a document of kind of some best practices and here's some ways to have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but then they kind of have the freedom to be like, okay, we're going to do a little bit of worship. We're going to be do a little bit of the sermon. Here's some volunteers. Here's some people coming in. Here's some fun stuff behind the scenes, and and uh, that, and so uh, we do that. Do you find that you can't do that kind of content on another platform, like Instagram or Facebook? Um, I, I think that could work um, uh, for different for different campuses, but for our specific context, uh, a lot of the campuses have their own Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and so what you'll generally see on our, our global account is kind of stuff that applies to all the campuses, unless there's something specific or special that we, that we want to share that the campuses have done. And so this was a great way to get campuses more exposure to. And um, but also for those that only that have maybe you're just focused around one campus. I think that this can still work. Where maybe you give it to uh, a different ministry. Maybe you have the the youth ministry has the that you have the they have the Snapchat for the weekend, and, and they're highlighting their ministry or life groups or whatever it is. And you can even have life groups during the week. Um, be showing off what happens in, in their meeting and just the life changes happening in the community that's being built. So life group for you guys would be just a small group ministry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, just small group ministry, whatever that looks like in your church. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so for for what we've seen and, and on our account, um, we follow only churches. So we're trying to, you know, kind of be a database of churches that are using Snapchat. And what we've seen, though, is that after a while, a lot of churches are kind of doing the same thing over and over again. So from a, from a, from a platform standpoint, you know, you've been using it that way now. Are there any discussion on y'all's end as far as, hey, here's where we want to go with this, or um, here's how you know we think we could use this to reach more people for the gospel? 
Um, you know, there's there's been a little bit, and I talked with our, our senior pastor uh, Craig just about uh, just last week, I think it was, when he was jumping on Snapchat, and we were just kind of throwing out ideas of what he could do, and and he's sort of kind of finding his voice, I think, on there, mm-hmm. um, and I think people enjoy seeing kind of like a behind the scenes look at what happens in his life and, and things like that. And I think that's the beauty of Snapchat mm-hmm. is that we can, you can be more, um, in the moment. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And so I, th- I think it's a matter, I think for us, I'd like to do a little bit more of, um, uh, uh maybe here's some, some thoughts for the day or some, some scripture passages that are really touching different members of our staff and things like that. Um, and, and I think that'll develop, uh, as we're kind of, um, being involved in more areas around the church with Snapchat, but for us it is sort still sort of new. We've we've I think we've been doing it for about two months now, um, okay. so. so it's still a little bit of a, a playground for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and we're still finding our voice as well. I've never I've yet to see a pastor do. We lose him. I think he dropped out. So I wonder what his question was going to be about. It's such a tease yeah. in the business, um, but yet yeah, from a from a pastor standpoint, we are seeing, like, Craig's gotten on recently, um, Carrie Newoff just got on, I think, um, uh, Stephen Furtick, so did, like, the pastor send out an email to everybody and say, hey, guys, now is the next, get on now for the next couple of weeks? I'm, yeah, I'm sure there was an internal email that went around to everyone and said, okay, now's the time. <laughs> um, it was open for pastors to join Snapchat. Yeah, and I, but I, that's one of the things we enjoy is that you do just kind of see the laid back, and it doesn't have to be as produced. But you guys do a lot of stuff really high quality and really well. Do y'all feel the pressure to, to produce more, or are y'all really okay right now with just, hey, let's turn the camera on and show people what we're doing? I think for Snapchat, you really need to be true to the audience, and I think that is more kind of a raw, uh, unproduced feeling there. And, and we're intentionally staying away from – we do do a lot of produced stuff, and, and it's great, high quality, and, uh, and I love using that on our other channels. But for Snapchat, I want to kind of keep it more raw, keep it more in the moment, because I think that that's more true to the audience. And you got to, on, on any social media channel, you got to understand what audience you're going after and, and who your target audience is. And so I think that that is just as important on Snapchat as it is any of the others. I agree. Hey, it's just you and me, Bo. Um, All right. Justin, Justin's power went out. Oh, wow. At his house. So we're not live anymore wait it's maybe i'm looking at the live feed maybe we are back we're going to keep talking so technical okay. difficulties are great it was just me talking about, have a conversation it might be it might be so we're going to pretend like somebody's still watching out there um, yeah but uh so yeah just for um just archive sake we'll keep we'll keep going okay so, um so but again snapchat from a production standpoint um i, I think there's i think snapchat's still trying to figure out what they're going to be um, their CEO talks more about it being an entertainment app than more of a social media app. So I think until they really land the plane, I think it's, it's, it's kind of the wild west on that platform. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, that's one of the things I love about Facebook Live also is it's not necessarily, in my mind, it's not necessarily meant to be a pre-produced thing, but it's, it's really more kind of a behind-the-scenes, kind of a little bit more raw in the moment thing as well. Yeah, and let's, let's transition to that. Facebook Live, because um, in the North Point circles, we envy what you guys are doing, um, you know, behind the scenes and how y'all are using Facebook Live. Again, can you talk about, like, how did that get birthed? Um, Because, you know, we we kept hearing the buzz, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So once that launched, like, what was y'all's desire and and what did y'all want that to be about? 
Yeah, well, I, we were we were kind of blessed, and I think that most accounts, most pages, and, and churches have access to Facebook Live now, which I think is awesome. We were blessed to be uh, verified before I came on, and so we had kind of early access to that to kind of play around with it. And so we, uh, it actually kind of really started one of our Facebook first Facebook Live videos was with our latest uh, campus launch, and we were able to to do that at one of the core group meetings. And just seeing the excitement of everyone there, and the people that were just uh, that were volunteering and learning more about the campus launch, and we had a representative there uh, interviewing the campus pastor, and it was just a really high energy um, kind of behind the scenes thing. And, and and of course, from a social media strategy standpoint, Facebook is pushing Facebook Live more than anything else right now, and so you right. know it's going to show up in people's news feeds. They're going to get notifications. And so um, we just said, hey, we're just going to try this. We don't know how it's going to work out. And it ended up doing great for us. And so we said, okay, what other ways can we do that? And so we've used it on uh, when we uh, go uh, international mm -hmm. with some of our global mission partners, which, I mean, for churches that uh, you might be able to have access to a hotspot to take with you on mission trips. Sure. Uh, we're, we've been able to do that. And some sometimes the reception is a little bit spotty, but people kind of get the – the gist of it, and they're able to get a, a live view into what is going on around the world yes. um, and how people are being changed through your mission trip or through the global mission partners that we work with. And, and so that's been pretty cool. We just did a behind the scenes with uh, a, on a video shoot that we were doing for a, a, a movie coming up. And then also just our senior pastor just started talking. We were just able to get him on Facebook Live just talking about um, you know some behind the scenes of, of a message series that we're doing right now. Okay, so so many questions. All right, so when you said on the first one, when you had that um, had the event, you used it for the first time. You said, "Hey, it was great for us." Was there like a number? Was it what would define great, and why did that go great? And then mm -hmm. I've got a couple more follow up questions after that. So what was what was yeah? We were comparing. I, I don't remember exactly what the the official number is, but it was blowing our pre produced videos kind of out of the water, and, right. and and so we were kind of amazed by that. And and I think that's. Not only I, I did the person who was hosting, I think, did it well and, and raised excitement on there and was excited about the subject matter, but but it's also because of Facebook Live and, and their algorithm and what they're doing with trying to push this in front of everyone. Yeah. So from that time to now, what what did y'all do that day that you stopped doing, and then what have y'all changed that you're doing really well and, and you've seen kind of some growth? Well, we did. Uh, well, I mean, that was the campus launch that was going on at the time, and that's since launched. And so uh, we did. Uh, on launch day, we did a Facebook Live video, which was Easter morning, um, interviewing people that were there, and, and so that that was pretty cool. And I love that we can just do it. All you need is a phone, yeah. uh, you know, a smartphone, and pretty much a semi-quiet area, and and you any church can make this work. I know that some churches talk about doing uh, Facebook Live for their services and, and things like that, and I, I think that's great as long as you can have that interaction there. We always do. We always encourage people to ask questions. Yes. And, uh, you know, a couple times, because what we found on social media is that people just forget stuff like that. They'll watch a video like that, but they need to be encouraged to share the video and encouraged to ask questions during the video. And also we encourage them to ask questions even if they're not viewing it live because someone's going to come back and, um, and answer them and interact with them. Yeah, that was my follow-up to that. So do you all have somebody sitting at a desktop somewhere logged into y'all's accounts to interact with people so it is two-way? Because it is just, the, you know, you've got the camera on. So how, what kind of what kind of um, I keep using the word strategy, but I mean, what are y'all seeing from comments and reach from those after the video is done? 
Yeah, usually our Facebook Live videos do better than than many. I would say most of our other videos out there is in regards to to reach. And reach is reach is all uh, subjective, right? It's sure. okay. What's your normal reach? And um, and, uh, and I honestly don't think there's a bad time of day unless it's like three in the morning to do a Facebook Live video. People ask me that all the time. I said, you know what? In the morning you're going to get an aud one audience. In the afternoon you're going to get a different audience. In the evening you're going to get a different audience. Even at three in the morning you're going to reach a huge audience in Australia. I mean, it's <laughs> you, you really could probably do it at any time. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and engagement is great too because. And one thing that I, I love about Facebook Live over something like Periscope is that it lives on your page. And yeah. so it's not just content that you're producing and it goes away, um, but it actually lives there and people can keep commenting on it. And, and I think Facebook's done a wonderful job with that. Yeah, for sure. So um, so you mentioned you, know, you post multiple times a day. You know, there's rules of thumb. People throw out, well, this is how often you should or should not be posting on Facebook. You guys have a different approach than most churches, I would say. So what's, what's y'all's philosophy on posting and when and all that on Facebook? Yeah, we, we do. We, I, I, we post generally about seven to eight times a day on Facebook. And these are all different posts. We try and have a balance because I'm really against a church being just a billboard for their events. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a struggle sometimes, though, um, where it's just promotional posts, and we kind of fall into that trap every once in a while too. When when we get really busy, and we're like, okay, we need to push this out, and push this out, and push this out, and it's you got to really um, kind of draw the line. Be like, no, we're going to do this later on, or we're going to do this next week, and um, and so um, our I think it goes back to our philosophy on social media is that we want social media to actually be social right. and to be what people talk about. Mm. And, and so we want to be talking about what people are talking about. And for us that work in the church, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, people are talking about the next event that we have coming up or, or something like that. When, you know, in reality, in our lobbies on a Sunday morning, they're right. talking about the, did you see this viral video? Did you, did you see the Super Bowl? Did you, you know, have you seen that movie yet? This is coming out this weekend. And so that's the kind of stuff we want to be engaged in. And I feel like we can see God's truth in so many different places. And so we'll share articles. Mm -hmm. We shared one last night about uh, Chick-fil-A and them uh, serving the people in Orlando. Orlando, yeah. And, and so what we do from a social media strategy standpoint is we will – I'll pick out articles that are already doing well on Facebook because Facebook really likes Facebook. Yes. And, uh, and so uh, if it's doing well on a, another larger site than us – like Huffington Post or Good Morning America or something like that, and it's uh, and it fits into our philosophy, and it's not and, it's, and usually it's really encouraging stuff that we share. Sure. And so we'll share that on our page from their Facebook link, and we'll be, and it'll be something like like for the Chick Fil A thing last night. I was like, hey, um, isn't this great that people are using what they can to show Jesus' love to others? What can we do this week to show yes. Jesus' love to That's others? Great. So stuff like that where we're just tying it in. And not only does it do well from a social media st standpoint, but it, you know it's showing up in people's news feeds. And but it also creates this in interaction and engagement that um, people are like, wow, we're we're really involved in what is going on actually in real people's lives. Well, and people are more inclined to share something like that than they are a post about the event coming up at your church or even a sermon or something about your church. If they see your church sharing a Chick Fil A article. I, I can click share on that and know that people will be interested in that, and I'm not shoving my church down their throat. 
Absolutely. And, and the idea is also is that they're, they're going to read that article. They might see the caption that we wrote specifically for that, and they might check out our page for other stuff that we're doing too. Right. And yes, if and they it, like that article, and if, if they like another, because of it, they like another post on our page, that's going to help all our other posts show up more in their newsfeed because Facebook uh, sees, hey, this person likes Life Church's newsfeed. We're going to show them more stuff. Yeah. So no matter what size of a church that you might be attending or working in, Facebook is, is pretty universal at this point in that you might not find a church that's you know, necessarily on Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and Pinterest, but which I want to talk about Pinterest with you in just a sec. But from a Facebook standpoint, the majority of people or churches are going to start there. So from a scalability, you're talking about posting eight to 12 times a day. Some people might like, get really bug-eyed, but just what, what kind of team do you have? What kind of schedules do you have as far as finding the content to put out and um, and because you know, anybody can scale that. If you've got eight people and they've only got two, it can still be scaled. So can you talk about y'all's model right now? So, yeah, so when it comes to um, the, the scheduling for all our social media, that's on me. And if when it comes to, like, finding the articles we're going to share that are on Good Morning America or whatever, that's on me. I do all that. So really, in a way, I'm a one-person team um, when it comes to uh, finding that content. Now, there's some content that's produced for us, like videos and graphics, Um from a, another team that I don't have to do, um, but you know, when, like our sermon clips and stuff, I'll take those. I'll add subtitles in myself. We just started doing that, which is something else I highly recommend for Facebook. Yes. yes. Because most people are on mobile yep. and they're not going to turn their sound on. Uh, and, so important. Uh, yeah, and and so we've just started doing that a few weeks ago, and we've seen some good success and higher rates of uh, finishing that engagement with our sermon videos there. So. Um, just a side note, would love to see uh, more churches do that. Um, and we do it basically for free. It takes some time. Well, it mm -hmm. takes some time to do. Yeah. But uh, we use VoiceBase, to, which is we sign up for a free trial for that. Yeah. And we uh, upload the sermon clips to there. They do uh, um, a transcription of it for us. And we our sermon clips are only, generally, they're 30 seconds to a minute. Right. And because right. we found that that's what people's attention spans are, especially, uh, specifically on Facebook, but that also helps us when we have a 30-second one, we can upload it natively to Twitter. Yeah. And now with Instagram, you can do any uh, video clip up to a minute. And right. so um, that kind of helps uh, work in that article with the least kind of amount of, because we're on limited time as well. And so sure. when we have one that's 30 seconds, that'll fit in all those platforms without a lot of fooling around with it. That's great. So in your model, you're doing, you're managing Facebook, all the social media is flowing through one person at the largest church in the world, or in the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, a lot of it goes through me. Now, for I, I do have to say that we have an incredible volunteer team that that helps engage with people. When oh yeah. They, Tell us more about that. Yeah. So that was uh, in place when I got here, and uh, so for our church online team, they developed because our global channel is also the channel for our church online, and so we share that, um, and so they developed this volunteer team and from nothing all the way to what it is now. And so they have it scheduled out where these volunteers respond to people, um, you know, at certain times of day. And so when you see a lot of the responses on the page from life church, that'll all be from volunteers. Wow. And so, um, and I would think that this could be something that could be reproduced in a lot of churches around America, because think of how many people mm. already in your congregation are on Facebook yeah. or, or on Twitter or Instagram and just kind of uh, selling the vision that, hey, there's people that we can reach that are interacting with our page and engaging with these posts. Yes. Um, and uh, would you like to be part of this kind of social media team that we're starting? 
Yeah, we would definitely want to pick your brain more about that, and maybe even you know if there's any shareable resources that y'all have, so churches can you know implement the people that kind of get social media within their church on a volunteer basis. That would be amazing just to help any size church out there. So that would be really great. So um, we've teased it a couple of times now, but um, Pinterest, which is arguably, I'm trying to think back over the last few months of us talking, I don't think we've had any discussions on any level about Pinterest in the church. And I'm really excited to hear you know, your thoughts on, on how that plays out in church social media. Well, I'm a big fan of Pinterest. I have been ever since, uh, I mean, it came out of my blog because Pinterest is one of the best traffic drivers as far as social media because pins last so much longer on Pinterest than any other post. You put something out on Twitter. Twitter's great. I love Twitter for a lot of different reasons, but you put something out on Twitter, it gets lost in the noise, and really the average tweet just lasts a few seconds in, in a lifespan right. unless it's really good and gets shared everywhere. But for the majority, 99% of tweets, it's gone. And uh, and so with Pinterest, uh, I mean, that's what the stats say, is that that will drive more traffic than any other social media site. And so for us, we're actually in the middle of rebuilding our Pinterest account right now. Um, so you'll, if you go there, as I'm speaking about this, you'll see some of the stuff that we're just starting to implement. There's a lot of boards that I'm building right now that are uh, that will be coming up in the next month or so and, and become public. But um, once again, we want it to be um, a, a place where it's actually things that people are talking about. And yeah, you can have your sermon quote graphics up there, that's great. Or even um, with uh, if you have your sermons on YouTube, you can link those on there. But for instance, we're doing around our different campuses, we're building boards about, hey, here's some events to do around the Oklahoma City area. Mm -hmm. And here's some great places to visit. Oh, and by the way, here's a Life Church campus too. Um, or or like here's events that are happening this summer in the Oklahoma City area, and here's some Life Church events mixed in and sprinkled in with those. And so uh, we'll be uh, you know sharing some of those uh, events, and we might pin from other people's boards uh, too. But uh, so we have uh, stuff in the works for all of that. Um, but also for like our our next gen ministry, our Life Kids. You know what about uh, here's some recipes that you can have for family dinner around your table, which, I mean, Pinterest is all about recipes uh, to a certain extent. You might do it yourself. Here's some recipes you can have for a family dinner, and here's some um, just some uh, easy questions you can ask your kids about God to kind of develop those relationships as you sit around the table. And eat. I think all right, that's I'm, where... all right, sorry, I've got so many questions. I just want to encourage oh. anybody who's watching online, if they have any questions, if you're watching the webinar on your de desktop or on the phone, if you just scroll up a little bit, right below the video feed will be a place for you to enter your name, email, and then you can submit a question to Bo um, that Justin can let us know if, if any of you all hit that submit button. But this is kind of blowing my mind as I'm watching or listening to Bo talk and I'm looking at their page, like my mind's starting to spin. Um, so Justin, you had a question you were going to ask him? Yeah, I just, I think that, most churches do struggle with what kind of content do we put out on Pinterest. So they, they early on, it was, okay, we got to get on Pinterest. So they're just sharing kind of the same stuff they're sharing on Facebook, and it just doesn't work well. And Pinterest is very, you know, image-centric and stuff like that. So I think it's great that you guys are thinking through, like, what is that target audience? What is the other content on there already that we can adapt to? Um, when we were at Mars Hill, we started a Pinterest account. I think we were one of the first churches to really try it out when, you could create like business pages and stuff too. Um, we we saw the recipes, yeah, we're, we're huge. So we got together with our women's ministry, not to be cliche, but we said, hey, can you guys develop, you know, recipes that we can put out at least weekly? And so we were putting out kind of original content that way. 
creating images for them. We had backgrounds, uh, or, or we had pin boards for uh, like background scenes for um, our creative department would put up like, okay, here's some creative boards that we're working on for the next sermon series to show behind the scenes type of stuff. You, you really have to adapt to the medium if you're going to be on there. And I think a lot of churches hear that and say, man, well, that's just, that's a lot of work to, to dump into that. So can you speak into like what, what is the process like for when you're creating that content? Is it a whole nother beast that someone's, you know, having a handle on their own? Yeah, I, I think that one of the misperceptions I think is that you need to create all your own content for it. When um, I think the stats show for any social media account, there's so much value in sharing other people's content, and I can't um, get that across enough. I mean, so many churches are afraid to share other people's content, but it's like, why not? That's what people are doing anyway. When if it's something that is kind of works into what you're doing anyway. I mean, think of it this way. Like in churches, we use sermon illustrations that use, that use other people's content. We talk about movies. You know, a lot of churches do things around the Super Bowl. So let's share that on social media too. So for Pinterest specifically, there are so many great pins out there for family dinner. If you just search on Pinterest for family dinner recipes, you can, pin, you can see that, oh, here's one that's pinned 5,000 times. This must be a good one. And pin that to a board that you're doing. And you can keep boards secret so you can fill it up if you want to. And then you're not creating all your own content. Now, I would recommend that you do create a little bit of that. And maybe it is. Like, Justin, I think that's a great idea, having some people in your church that create recipes anyway. Um, and maybe uh, you can have a couple of pictures of that. But also for Pinterest, remember that it, uh, it is kind of tailored to the audience where if you are going to create your own content, look at what other people are doing, and they're going to be longer photos with some text on it. But you know what? There's great tools. Canva is amazing where you can plug in stuff. It's already designed by a professional graphic designer, and a lot of it's free. So you can just plug in your own picture there, write over text, and you're done in a minute. And, uh, like, and it just lives on your board there. And um, if, you're, if your children's ministry is coming up with talk sheets anyway or questions for small groups or things like that, um, just you can take a, a picture from Unsplash about you know, like people gathering around in a group or people uh, reading a book throw that into Canva, put your own text on it, and you're done in a matter of five minutes. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> now, so I'm looking at the board. So are a lot of these linking back to y'all's site from a traffic standpoint? Or yeah, so some of the ones that you'll see on there right now are, are linking back to our site. And uh, but uh, So come back in a month. Okay. Uh, go back in a month, to our, and you'll see, a, you'll see a big difference there in how it's looking. We've just started redoing that. But that's just kind of some behind-the-scenes uh, behind strategy and what we're looking at for, for redoing Pinterest. Because I think it's one of the most unutilized tools in our church. And um, it's, uh, there, there's a, Newspring uh, has a lot of followers on there. They do, they do a great job. Um, but uh, also remember that it's it, just like all the other accounts, it's what people are doing on there. Don't try and just force things down people's throat, but look about what people are actually painting. You know, it's going to be moms. It's going to be uh, family-oriented stuff. It's going to be do-it-yourself stuff. And so remember your audience when you're doing that. <clears throat> and, so, and also there's certain things that are popular to pin on certain days. If it's travel stuff, maybe it's something that you could talk about about your missions trip, and it's some great pictures from that. And you can actually pin a picture from your computer and then just link it back to your church's website. It doesn't have to come off a specific landing page. So you can just pin that picture and then edit the pin to go to life.church you know, or you know, First Baptist Church of Newark or whatever that is. And, right. uh, and so any picture that you put up there can be linked back to your own church's website. 
Well, I can just be ignorant because, again, it hasn't been on my radar. I'm, I'll, I, I got off Pinterest for different reasons, but, you know, just to see the, and I know all about the SEO capabilities of it, but I don't know if there's, like, a forum for this as far as churches teaching other churches how to do this really well. So, Justin, this might be just teed up for us to kind of dive into this and, and, and come up with some kind of course or something because this is... Absolutely, yeah. What you're saying is, is, is so good. Yeah. Um, what Anything else on Pinterest, Bo? Uh, I think that's the main part of it. And you know what? Here's the thing is for churches that maybe not, maybe you're like part-time social media director, part-time communications, part-time associate pastor, part-time youth pastor, all rolled into one, try and find a volunteer that's passionate about Pinterest mm -hmm. or that's passionate about Twitter. Um, because I guarantee you, you got, there's people, I mean, the stats say that so many people are on social media and that's what I love about it. There's probably a volunteer somewhere that's passionate about it, even if you're not. And they know the ins and outs of it. And just kind of releasing them, you know, kind of training them, but also releasing them to um, have that passion flow forth and, and just representing the kingdom of God and, and, and representing Jesus in ways that are awesome that could really benefit your church as well. Now, are you over the volunteers? Like, so do you, are they, are you their main contact point? Um, there's a couple of us. I've just kind of started taking, taking over that team. Okay. Um, and so there's uh, two of us that are kind of over it, but then what's happened is that there's been a great, uh, it's, it's a lot of great delegation of, so under us, there's, there's another person who does a lot of the work. That's just a volunteer. And, uh, she just had a passion for, for leading other volunteers and okay. she's actually in another country and it's, uh, but she's a volunteer part of it and part of our church online community. And, and so it's, uh, I think you gotta like kind of look outside the box there. And if people are already on Facebook, if people are already on Pinterest or Twitter, um, really kind of casting the vision, okay, this is something that we could use for God and we could use your talents here. And it's just something you can do from your own living room when you're on that social media network anyway. Yeah. Thank you so much. And please, please come back soon. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the show. For more resources and collaboration with other church practitioners, join our online community at thatchurch.community. It's a place for the church communications community to share and collaborate online. And when you join, you'll get access to tons of training resources, including videos from all of our conferences and workshops. Visit thatchurch.community today.